Welcome to another episode, guys. I'm Lindsay Cowan, drinking some coffee at 8.07 p.m. on a Friday night. Woo-hoo, wild. Um, today's guest, I'm very excited to introduce her, is um, my good friend slash comedy partner, Nicole. Hi, Hello. Nicole. Hi. Welcome. Happy to finally make this happen. Yes, and we also have Truman here who's licking, licking. Nicole's hands. Yeah, he wasn't a huge fan when I walked in the door like five minutes ago, but now we're best friends. That's that's how he, he rolls. He'll growl at you and then lick you. It's just, he's bipolar. It's, yeah. It's cute. It's, it's cute. Yeah. It's, it's a fun bit he does. Um, cool. Well, thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. I guess. We thanks c- for the coffee. Yeah. It's, um... Dunkin' Donuts Ooh. flavored. I think it's like cinnamon. Can you taste it? Um, not really. Usually, yeah. I can taste these sort of things, but well. it just tastes like black coffee. False advertising. Well, um, maybe a hint. A hint. Okay, Truman is a bit rambunctious. We might have to put him in the other room. Didn't you give him like sleeping pills? <laughs> no, I've tried to avoid the medication because it's it really knocks him out. It's like he's like dead in the eyes when I give it to him. So I found a natural like melatonin calming chew that I give him that doesn't work as well. But at least he's not drugged out. It's and like I, he had a cup of coffee too. Yeah, I know. He's high anxiety. So Nicole and I actually met, I feel like maybe two years ago now in LA. Um, We were both in a woman's comedy writing class. Pretty women. Pretty funny women. Shout out to Lisa. Lisa. (laughs) Forming friendships for years. Forming connections. Um, So it was, I really liked that. It was like a, I don't know, four or five week Thing where we would get together in a group and just like throw out ideas and write jokes and yeah. give feedback and then at the end of it we had um, we had a show yeah I remember I, I think we became friends because I invited you to some like Emmy uh, party thing yeah like, after not really knowing you that well I was just like hey do you want to go to this thing and then we ended up at a sushi place in North Hollywood and have been best friends ever since. Yeah, I think I got really drunk that night. <laughs> I got very drunk that night, too. But yeah, you, it, I think it was a Seth Meyers event, yeah. and he was there. We got, like, free pencils, yeah, I remember. Yeah, I remember that. That was fun. And I was like, I like this girl. Yeah. Um, and then after that, you and I, we hosted a open mic here in L.A. for, like, nine or ten months, I yeah. feel like. And that was a lot for of a while. fun. Yeah, Monday nights. Uh, Eno Vino, R.I.P. Yeah, we hosted a good mic. <laughs> that was a really fun mic. I miss that, but whatever. It's a whole nother Life story. Life goes on. <laughs> yep. So, um, what? How? How are you? What are you doing? The holidays are coming up. Any plans? What's going on? In your um, I am planning on not working. I was home in New York earlier this month and saw the fam, which was good. And now I'm just in L.A. and I'm just gonna you know, hang out because I've been working a lot. I'm glad because I'm staying here too and we're going to go see a movie. Yeah, and the thing like tomorrow. The thing about the holidays in LA is like everybody leaves to go home and it's just like completely deserted. Yeah. And it's wonderful. You can drive places in under 45 minutes and Yeah. I got here pretty quickly. I great. actually I this is my first Christmas in LA. 
Is this your first Christmas in LA? No, I think my first one I spent here because I couldn't afford to go home. But yeah. um, it was, I remember it was wonderful because was, there's no one here. Yeah, I mean, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. I'm, I'm looking forward to an LA I've never seen before. Mm-hmm. Well, we'll definitely hang out because no one else will be here. <laughs> yeah, you're like literally the only person I know. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Um, so also, I posted on my Instagram earlier that I... Went on a date with Ryan Gosling this week. Yeah, you sent me the pic. I know. it's It really happened. I swear it's not photoshopped. Um, yeah, I, I met Ryan Gosling two days ago, and uh, I told people on Instagram that I would tell the story on here. So I feel like Ryan Gosling has some impact on my mental health, so it is somewhat related. Yeah. Were but, you a fan always, or? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Always loved Ryan, but... Um, I guess to be clear, I wasn't technically on a date with with Ryan. I was on a first date and Ryan was there. Um, I was on a date with a guy that I met on a dating app and he's a a writer for a very funny, popular TV show. I don't really want to say the name for his own privacy. He probably wouldn't care, but whatever. So basically my point is that he's in the industry. And so he invited me to go to this party. It um, It was a party for the movie First Man, which is... Have you, you did you see it? I didn't see it, but um, didn't that come out a while ago? Or yeah, so what? It, yeah, it's the new the newish Ryan Gosling movie about the first man on the moon. But they're having this party for people in the academy. Got it. Kind of like the party that we went to. Yeah. Um, just to promote the movie for like Oscar votes. So um, I don't know why this guy was invited, but he was, and so it was at. Mastros? Maestros? Oh, in Beverly Hills. Yeah. Yeah. Which is my very swanky steakhouse in Beverly Hills. Um, It was my first time. I've never been, but I've always wanted to. I always heard, like, celebs were there, so I was, like, very excited. That's a, like, crazy first date. I know. Like, you haven't even saw him. You didn't see him in person yet. Yeah, normally. He's my date, and let's go. Wow. Normally, I'm not. I don't do dating app dates. Like, I did pretty hardcore when I first moved here and I kind of got it all out of my system like had I have some crazy stories but um that's kind of what sold me on it was like okay this guy he writes for like one of my favorite tv shows he's like throwing out this great offer I was like all right I'll, I'll do this yeah, I mean he just needs to drop Ryan Gosling's name and like <laughs> okay yeah well we didn't know that he was gonna be there we were just we were at the party just hanging out eating um, having a good time. The date was good. I was I'm, I was into the guy, and then he's like, uh, "Ryan Gosling's over there," and I was like, "Excuse me." Uh, <laughs> and, I, and I looked over, and he was like surrounded by people, of course, taking photos. And um, I I don't know. It was like a very difficult situation because I'm on this date with this guy that I'm into, but also Ryan Gosling is standing five feet away from me, so I'm like having a hard time focusing but um the guy I was on the date with was cool he was like do you want to get a photo and I was like I don't want to be annoying but like when am I ever gonna have this chance again so we like went over to like the chaos and um we kind of became friends with the bodyguard um he like he would like try I don't know if he liked us or hated us he would like give us tips like like you got to get in there like you're on a subway and push yourself through and then like when we would talk to him he would just like turn his head and ignore us so we're like that's such a bodyguard move I feel like that they're always like they seem angry like they hate you but they're also like helping you out. yeah he was like pushing people out of the way for us to get up and then when I would like 
talk to him, he would just roll his eyes at me. I was like, do you like me or hate me? I don't know. But with the help of the bodyguard, we got up to Ryan and I like put my hand out and I was like, hi, Ryan, I'm Lindsay. Like, do you mind if I get a photo? And like the whole night was very like it, very business focused. It's all like older people in the academy. So all everyone's going up to him, like pitching him ideas and talking about the movie. It's strictly business, very formal. He's like, yes, no, thank you. So I get up there and I'm like, hey, Ryan, I, I loved you in Goosebumps is what I said to Ryan Gosling. <laughs> if you don't know, Ryan was in an episode of Goosebumps in the 90s. Wait, I think I remember that episode. Wait, say say cheese and die. Say cheese or die. Yes. Say cheese and die. I think it's say cheese and die. And die. Yeah. Yeah. It's a really classic episode. Yeah, yeah. But I was just trying to show Ryan that I was like a true fan, doing a throwback, also trying to lighten the mood. But um, he was in such like a work mode that he just gave me a genuine like thank you very much i was oh, like okay God. did not get the joke yeah i was like so this is the vibe we're going with okay yeah. um and then so my date is taking the picture by the way <laughs> this poor guy but um as he's about to take the picture i'm like i tell ryan i'm like hey I, like we're actually on a first date and all of a sudden, he, like, turns his head towards me, and he was like, what? He's like, no way. Really? Wow, and that got him excited. That got him, but really? But not the goosebumps yeah. compliment? He's like, yeah, he was like, that's awesome. He's like, how's it going? And I was like, it's going great, Ryan. <laughs> Thank wow. you for asking. Ryan, just a true romantic at heart. I know. And we took the picture, and he was like, I hope it works out, you guys. Like, And I just, it was nice. I got a glimpse into his real personality, it was like, you know, in London, like those guards that like cannot break character. Yeah. I felt like I cracked one of those. Like I got to Ryan Gosling's real personality. We connected. We're on a first name basis. And it was a great he's night. He's rooting for you. He is. He's he hoping. Wants that this, he wants this relationship to work out. I guess I got to keep going with it because Ryan told me to. <laughs> Do you have a second date? Yeah, we do. He asked to hang out on New Year's. Oh, and he already wow. Bought... He, like, really goes for... The big stuff. Yeah. yeah. Well, he's going home for Christmas, like everybody. Oh, okay. So when he gets back, he already bought tickets to something, like an event for us to go yeah. to. I, this guy's impressing me. Um, a lot of events. I won't I won't give too much because he admitted that he listened to the first two episodes. So I'm assuming he's probably going to listen to this one. Oh. <laughs> so, <laughs> but yeah, he's a great guy. I'm excited to hang out with him. We'll see where it goes. We have Ryan's blessing. So that's all you need. Really? That's all I need in life. So yeah, that's my story. That sounds amazing. I haven't been to anything the coolest thing was that thing i invited to you with seth myers yeah that was pretty cool though i remember we told everyone that we were like oh, yeah. I, didn't i tell people i was an editor you had to like, pretend that we were in the industry yeah and so, which i am in the industry but i'm not like academy level yeah exactly yeah, but still but so, anyway that was fun to pretend that you're you know someone yeah yeah like you're a big big hollywood person <laughs> um so Today, we wanted to get into some mental health talk because that's what this podcast is about. And um, we wanted to talk about anxiety because pretty much everyone I know has anxiety. It's like impossible to avoid in this crazy world. Uh, but both Nicole and I have had experiences with it. So just wanted to talk about that a bit. So Nicole, what 
kind of anxiety do you have? Yeah, I mean, I just have, you know, general anxiety. Mm -hmm. Um, I've always been a really anxious person, um, as my therapist told me one time in a session, and I was like, yeah, I know, that's why I'm here. Um, I actually first started, when I first started going to therapy, I was living in Jersey City, and I was at, I was constantly anxious, and I felt like it was making me tired all the time and I just wasn't really being creative and doing my full potential um, because things were holding me back and I realized through comedy, through therapy, that comedy was a good outlet for me to kind of overcome my anxiety. Um, Like I struggled with social anxiety my whole life too, I've always been a very shy reserved person and I really feel like standing you know performing and being myself which I feel like I'm mostly myself when I'm doing stand-up really helped me kind of be comfortable and grow as a person Um, it was interesting because when I first started going to therapy we kind of you know talked about all the stuff that the reasons why I am the way I am and um and then talked about how creativity really is an outlet for me to, you know, get over to kind of help my ease my anxiety. And my uh, therapist suggested that I, if I ever thought about directing children's theater, <laughs> and I have to be honest, I never did, and I don't think I want to still. What like what vibe did you get off, give off to be I, like children's theaters in your future? Know. I have no idea. All I know is that I was unemployed in Jersey City, and I was definitely going on about you know how I hated my life at that time, and then something somewhere in that mix, directing children's theater must have. You know, because that seems like a very low stress, low anxiety being around screaming children on a Uh, musical set. Yeah, (laughs) I didn't even like do theater ever in my life, so I really don't know what vibe I was giving off in those sessions. But I did start to do improv while I was going to therapy, and um, that was actually really great because it got me on stage and. Um, it also made me realize that I'm not good at improv and that <laughs> I'm better at being myself and writing my own stuff. Um, so then I took, so I did an improv class in New York at the pit, shout out to the pit. And then I did a stand up class at the pit. And then I wrote my first stand up show, like my first bit was about anxiety. And I huh. told it in front of my parents. And I think my dad got teary-eyed. That's what my friend said. Oh, no. No, because he was proud of me. Oh, okay, he okay. Was sad. Yeah, yeah. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, I think that, uh, you know, because he's, he's an anxious person, too. Mm. So he could relate to it. Yeah, and I think everybody can relate to it. Yeah. I, I don't know anyone who's not, who's never had anxiety. Yeah. So. But that's... Um... That's interesting. So basically finding like a creative outlet helped you feel less anxious. And that yeah. makes sense to me. You're doing something you enjoy. Exactly. Relieve stress. Yeah. And that's even when I was a kid, I always liked to draw. Just any kind of creativity really helps me like cope with my anxiety. Mm-hmm. And that's what comedy does. And yeah. I love it. 
Yeah. The thing I know that both of us have experience with comedy is that it's it's really can be it can be like a roller coaster of a relationship. It's like it's sometimes awkward when people ask me like if if I'm still doing stand up because I'm right now I'm really not. I haven't really done it the last couple months because I've been so focused on my mental health and getting sober. So comedy's kind of been like not my priority. Like on the back burner. Yeah. yeah. And like I've definitely noticed like when I've been in a couple different writing groups, like the one that we met in. And when I'm in those, obviously like I'm, you know, I'm, I'm writing a ton. I'm getting up like five nights a week, like, cause I just have that accountability. And usually there's like, you know, whenever I have a show coming up, like that's when I'll kind of like kick it into high gear and like be doing it more. But it's like, it's really hard cause it's, it's something I really enjoy and I feel like helps me, but it's also hard to dedicate time to it, like anything. Yeah. So. Like, I've, you know, if I was just independently wealthy, of course I would just be doing comedy. But yeah, I also don't want to be poor. Yeah, there's a lot of people out here that are out here just to pursue comedy. And they just, like, are Uber drivers or Postmate drivers or whatever work, at, yeah. you know, in the hospitality. So they have the time to do that. And I mean, I could make that decision, but at the same time, yeah, I, I guess it's also fear of being poor. Yeah, <laughs> you know, that's like... actually something I, that I talked about with the same therapist. Um, she, uh, I, I'm very anxious about being poor. I yeah. think, and that's something I still need to work on. Like, if I just like, not that I'm like, you know, super wealthy at all. Right. I'm definitely far from it, but it's having that security is something that's really hard to let go of. Mm-hmm. And I feel like I'm constantly trying to push myself to let go of things. Like, you know, moving to LA was like a huge, you know, jump. And I know you can relate to that because mm-hmm. we both did the same thing. We both just like picked up and like moved our lives across yeah. the country. So I think constantly challenging. I love the challenge of letting go. It really helps another coping method to help your anxiety. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. Um, my relationship with anxiety is, is similar. It's a little different. I've actually, I've had like some, I've had a total of three panic attacks that have re- required like medical attention. Um, the first one, I think I was like a freshman in high school and then... Um, I, I was actually, I think I was like home for the holidays and I started to have symptoms like tightness in my chest and my heart was racing and shortness of breath and like where I literally thought I was having like a heart attack. And so my family took me to the ER and they ran tests and they're like, you're fine, you can go home. And I was like, okay, I have no idea what just happened, but I'm fine. And so and then yeah. the, I had another one like three years ago at work and same kind of symptoms, but this time I was having like numbness on one side of my body like just like my like right arm and right side of my face and I thought I was like having a stroke and so I like went to the ER like same thing they did tests they're like you're fine and then the last one I had like my first month at IHOP um, I was in a meeting and I went into the hallway and just like all those same symptoms where it's like you literally feel like you're going to die and they had to call the paramedics and they came and they like checked my heart and everything and they're like you're okay you just like had a panic attack and i think like after that i realized what these things were i realized it's a panic attack caused by anxiety and then once i realized it it helped me control it more so when i started to feel 
that like shortness of breath or the tightness in my chest, I'd be like, oh, that's a panic attack coming on. You need to take a deep breath, stop what you're doing and just like wait until this goes away. I mean, sometimes it can be like hours before you fully come back to your normal like blood pressure and heart rate. But I think knowing, you know, what's going on helps. helps. Yeah, yeah. It's really scary when you just think you're dying and you yeah. have no idea why. It's like because people really didn't talk about anxiety or mental health like in school growing up or yeah. anything or in my family. So I didn't know what it was. So Yeah, that's it's true. I definitely um, have experienced people going through a panic attack and it's a genuine fear, like a genuine fear that you're dying. Mm-hmm. So It's like the worst thing in the world. It's awful. Yeah. Um, but thankfully, I haven't really had one that extreme since. So, um, but I'd say like now I kind of have. There's two primary types of anxiety that I notice that I have. The first is always like health related. So it's like, it's like that's me too. Like slight hypochondria. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I my whole family ever since I was little, I've always been like a hypochondriac, mm-hmm. and I've definitely like. I, I was never diagnosed with having obsessive compulsive disorder, but I believe that I did, especially when I was hitting that puberty age at like 12. Mm-hmm. I just remember washing my hands constantly, like till they bled pretty much. And um, just, you know, weird tics that you feel, you know, you have to do. Mm-hmm. I have a slight bit of that too like with especially like doors my hair straightener the oven i'll have to check it like multiple times oh yeah i think my bumble uh profile when i was single was um i just want someone to reassure me that i did lock the door that was yeah that was my bumble (laughs) that's what got tommy he's like i got you girl (laughs) i met my boyfriend yeah and now he helps to remind you and i definitely still that's the one thing like i feel like i've I kind of dealt with that a lot when I was little and I didn't know what was going on and I felt like I didn't have control and that's where a lot of my anxiety comes from is the feeling that I don't have control. Mm. Um, but as I got older, I'm like, I can kind of talk myself out of it and be like, "This, you're being like, you know, crazy right mm-hmm. now. You're being ridiculous. Like, it's going to be fine. It's all good. But the one thing is that I do always think I leave my straightener plugged in. Yeah. Like... Even if I don't use the straightener that day, I'm like, is it plugged in? I've gone to the extreme of, like, taking a photo of my straightener to remind me. I say things out loud. Like, I'm like, I'm taking out my straightener now or I'm And then you remember that, yeah. Yeah. Because you have to just say it. Yeah. And I think a lot of people do that, but you're like, you think you're a freak for doing that. And it's like, no, we all kind of do that. We're not, maybe not all of us, but yeah. a lot of us do. But it's interesting that you were saying like you've been a hypochondriac from a young age. Because for me, it I think it started with all of my like injuries. Um, I've really oh, noticed right. it like in the last five years or so. And um, yeah, I think I've I've gone through a lot of trauma like between all those head injuries and then I got I was mugged in LA and uh had to go to the hospital for that so just like a lot of trauma that whenever I feel a little off or a symptom I just go to worst case scenario and I mean I've gone to the emergency room more times than I can count and since I've been in LA and um I think that's gone down a lot with drinking because a lot of my head injuries or like health issues were caused Mm -hmm. by that so that's been one relief but like even last night, like I was playing with Truman and he slammed his head onto my forehead. Yeah. And I like 
had anxiety all night long and even like this morning I was like oh my gosh like do I have another concussion and like I definitely like had a headache and felt lightheaded but like now I'm fine it was just so it's a it's a thing I struggle with still is like just not running to the emergency room because that gets expensive but it's like when you have this fear of like you're dying like you know something seriously is wrong you, you don't know what to do so have you ever made a football joke about your concussions because I feel like there's something there. Yeah, I had something about how I was, like, a professional football player or something. <laughs> without, like, the, like, talent of being a football player. Without the paycheck. And the paycheck, yeah. Without the perks. Yeah. Just the injuries. Yeah. <laughs> That's all. <laughs> Don't even get a jersey. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I didn't even really have that many injuries. As a, Actually, I did. I had stitches. I was little, so a lot of people just threw me around a lot, like oh. friends. You still are little. I know, but uh, I, I like you, got your stitches. friends threw you around. Can yeah, you... like I, like they would pick me up. Like in kindergarten, this girl picked me up and dropped me on a heater, <laughs> and I had stitches in the back of my head. Um, so maybe that is, you know, something. Yeah, but yeah, I always felt like. I was going to die when I was, like, 11. <laughs> and, like, uh, so. and I, But, you know, I'm a lot better now. It's kind of weird that it's, like, the opposite. Like, mm-hmm. I feel like when I was little, that was, like, hype, hypochondriac for me. And yeah. now it's kind of lessened a lot. I've, like, chilled out Yeah, because you've, like, experienced that you're not going to die from every little thing. That, you know, yeah. we're kind of a little bit more resilient than that, so stronger yeah yeah i realized my true strong potential you sound like beyonce right now or something. <laughs> i know i feel like i'm being very like inspirational tonight and you that's, are it's like not yeah i guess it's great I, um, that's yeah. what we're here to do i guess this is yeah this Inspire. is what your podcast does so i think that the anxiety that i've been feeling the most recently is social anxiety because like for the past 10 years like all of my social events my friendships my relationships were centered around drinking yeah. and um you know and now I don't have that um you know I would drink like before I went somewhere during so it was like that just kind of I don't know canceled out any kind of anxiety that I would have um so now I've kind of had to like relearn how to be social which is which sounds weird to say at 30 years old but it's true um it's it's not like I'm visibly uncomfortable when I'm somewhere like shaking in the corner, but like I definitely uh, feel a lot of anxiety beforehand, just like stressing out if like am I gonna feel uncomfortable like because I'm not drinking or yeah. I don't know these people that well or is you know am I just gonna want to go home the whole time? But like almost every time, once I get there, I'm totally fine. I'm just I'm having fun. I'm with my friends. It's just like I'm doing whatever we're doing. And it's like all of my anxious thoughts like don't match up to what's actually going on. And I think the more that I, uh, you know, that I've pushed myself during those anxious times before like a party or like before this first date, yeah, I was anxious. And or, you know, the last weekend when I was talking about how I talked to Jen Gotch, like I was really anxious and nervous. But whenever I push myself through that anxiety, I. I always am glad that I did. I never regret it because yeah. I'm just, you know, I'm teaching myself that it's things, the reality isn't as bad as I am thinking that it is, if that makes sense. Yeah, totally. And actually, um, going back to the stand up thing, I remember 
I think it was the first stand-up class I ever did in New York. Um, feeling that anxious energy. Or maybe it was Lisa's class where she was saying changing the tone of that energy and making it excitement rather than a negative thing. It's just mm. kind of swapping it. Like swapping it from a negative to a positive actively like making yourself think that yeah really helps or at least it helps me it makes you instead of being like oh my god this is gonna be i'm so nervous it's gonna be terrible changing it as like wow like i'm feeling something but i'm excited yeah for, like what's about to come that's a good recommendation i think another yeah. thing is like control because if you take a step back and think about it we're mostly anxious about things that haven't Music. happened yeah. or things that already happened in the past. Like, did I say the right thing? Did I do the right mm -hmm. thing? It's like things that we are out of our control. And I think it goes back to what you were saying is you have anxiety because you want to be in control. Yeah. It's like once we kind of surrender almost like letting to go. that, to, yeah, basically letting go and realizing that we can only control what's happening right now. Mm -hmm. I think that can also help alleviate some of that anxiety. Yeah. I'm the queen of, what ifs i feel right. like i'm always trying to prepare for like a natural disaster yeah that's never gonna come I, same i have like all these different scenarios going in my head yeah. it's like what's it gonna be like it's like why am i wasting my time with this? it really is a waste of energy yeah. and that's why you're tired that's why i was tired in new york all the time because i was always worried about my future mm -hmm. you're tired by like noon because you've just been yeah and that's why i drink so much coffee still yeah and that makes your anxiety worse you know sometimes. i feel like coffee doesn't affect me like i'm gonna probably sleep like pass out watching floribama shore at like midnight tonight <laughs> wait is that the reality show yeah i think my boyfriend and i are the only people that watch that show yeah, i think so <laughs> yeah. i've heard of it but i've never actually I, watched i it. love it it's like a southern jersey shore right yeah it's much. like it's not even good but it's i love it yeah well that's good that coffee doesn't make you anxious because sometimes yeah. i will drink too much like of yeah. that cold brew it's just like straight cocaine and i know but one thing i will say is with no longer drinking i no longer have that anxiety embarrassment shame that i had with that that's a different kind of anxiety that's another yeah. one that i used to have I, big time i definitely know that feeling mm -hmm. also i have like a depression hangover sometimes yeah. with drinking which yeah. is i guess related to the anxiety you feel after totally yeah. yeah that's it's the same it's like i remember being like oh my god what did i do last night like mm -hmm. how did i get home how much money did i spend who yeah. did i hook up with like all these like and i would like cringe when i would have basically have flashbacks and it was just like oh so awful I and know. i'm just like i never have to deal with that again and yeah. that's a huge relief yeah, I definitely um, had the next day where I'm like, why did I say that? Like, what? Like, nobody, that wasn't even relevant. Like, because I do this thing where I drink, where I'm drinking and I get drunk and I just say things that people don't know what I'm talking about. Like, mm -hmm. I just assume everybody is like tuning into my life and like knows all <laughs> the ins and outs of it. And they're just like, like, I, I, at my holiday, work holiday party, I think I was talking about a show to someone 
as if they watched the show, but they told me that they don't watch that show. And anyway. Oh, my holiday party one year, I hit on my boss. So that's, oh, that's <laughs> definitely way worse. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he was young and really attractive, but yeah. still not yeah. professional. I so. know. Holiday parties. That, yeah. yeah. They, they it's get, like they get a you. recipe for disaster. I know. It's I, like, I, awful. It's like, I. Yeah, that's talk about anxiety like letting loose around people that don't really know who you are like no because they're always such holiday parties are so uncomfortable because you have to be social with work people you just don't have that relationship with them so you just it's drink. a forced organized yeah. event and i am not about that yeah. life i agree i know what you're but saying. also like i am about that life too <laughs> i do love awkward moments too yeah I love being like a good story. Yeah. Or a bad one. I love like being like, oh, Becky in finance danced on the bar. Yeah. Like, just... It gave me material to talk about to my boyfriend, Tommy, for at least a day. Yeah. That's awesome. Do you, um, do you like meditate at all? Actually, um, that's funny you say that because when I first moved to LA, one of the things I did was I went to a transcendental meditation. Ooh, you went to the fancy one. Yeah, I um, got really into meditating when I was getting into comedy and going to therapy. The trifecta. trifecta yeah. yeah. And um, I was like, I'm going to go to LA and I'm going to look into this transcendental meditation because David Lynch is all about it. Mm -hmm. The, um, you know, the director, David Lynch. And um, so is, are like a lot of successful people like Jerry Seinfeld. Mm -hmm. And so I'm just like, but it's all expensive. these people are That's raving why... about it. Yeah. And they're like, apparently good things happen in your life when you do it. And it won me over that. Mm -hmm. And I went to this free meeting about it and then realized quickly that I cannot afford it so I'm just like whatever I'll just experience this and maybe one day I think I even applied for like a grant but it's still I couldn't afford it like with the money after the grant but maybe I'll look into it because I'm making more money now than when I first moved to LA which was no money so yeah. I've always been curious about it because I've heard great things but it if is if you want to really... go to a meeting we should check it out yeah yeah I would be open to it but the whole yeah I've heard it's crazy expensive so that's yeah. been a turnoff for me I mean I you basically what it is is you pay for the, like the sessions and then after that it's supposed to be with you for life and then you mm. just like because you get your own mantra. I was going to say, I heard yeah. they give you your own mantra word. Yeah. Which it's like, I could kind of come up with that myself. But. I know. It's like, I love things that you question their, like, if they're bullshit or not. Like, yeah. I, I like astrology. Yeah, I'm same like, here. I, I, I love it as much as I, like, am skeptical about it, you yeah. know? Yeah, I... um started doing meditation in that program I was in and it was like so foreign to me at first because yeah. I was like I could never just sit here and just meditate and yeah. but it it was nice there because it was guided meditation like mm -hmm. we would be like in full shavasana on the floor with like an eye pillow and blanket and candles and sage and music and she'd be like basically leading us in this like meditative journey and it and uh, that was really helpful. But then after that, it was like, I don't have that, you know, guidance through it. So then I was going to, like, at classes in L.A. They're, like, abundant, like, yeah. meditation, yoga classes. 
Um, and But now I've just kind of been doing it on my own at home. It's been a few months now, so I've kind of been able to train my mind to do it, but it definitely took some time and was not easy at first. And I think a lot of people, that's why they don't, you know, they're turned off by it or don't think that they could ever be still or you know, or their mind would wander. And I think it's definitely something that you have to learn and practice like anything else. Right. Well, that's actually one thing that really interests me about transcendental meditation. Um, I feel like I sound like a spokesperson for it. I didn't even even do it. I just went to this one meeting, Uh, but it actually really helped me. And I feel like I applied it um, at times when I was feeling overwhelmed. Um, Is that you don't, that meditation doesn't have to be hard. Mm -hmm. Like that's their whole thing. It's just easy um and yeah i just like you don't have to silence your mind because i think that having that pressure of being like your mind has to be quiet is like very it's a lot of pressure yeah you know? there's different I don't types. like putting that kind of pressure on myself i i feel like i react more if i'm just like it's okay that there's sound going on like don't focus on it or focus on it just you know focus on whatever you want right yeah and there's different types of meditation there is just like the total stillness with nothing going on but there's also breathing where you do different like breathing techniques and focus on that or mantras or chanting or there's all you know it's there's so many things you can do with it yeah or like their whole thing is you focus on the mantra but if you do hear other outside noise like acknowledge it and then come back and then you could yeah just keep on saying the mantra acknowledge your surroundings and i think the whole point is that you're like going to naturally tune it out yeah you know I, I just notice a difference in myself when I meditate. Like I've, I think I've been really good about it. Maybe the past two weeks I've done it every morning. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel such a difference in my uh, day, just more connected. But like then there's been times where I haven't done it at all. And then I can feel like more chaotic and it, like anxiety going on in my life. So yeah. I found it's, it's really been helpful just to kind of be still and quiet with myself, check in to see how I'm feeling and how I'm doing. Mm-hmm. I really recommend it if you have anxiety. So Yeah, totally. I, yeah. I think that, you know, it's nice that it can be so individualized. Yeah, for, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, have you ever done Reiki? No, I haven't. But um, I'd be interested. Like, I feel like I would try anything. I love, yeah. like any kind of self-help thing like I'm yeah. all about oh you like trying. that book that I I have that you said it looked like my friend Hannah on the cover oh yeah and um, it looks nothing they, I think they yeah. just have the same hair <laughs> not even she's like completely blonde and Hannah has brown hair but that's fine um yeah the universe is, has your back oh yeah it's really really great I, yeah I, found, I sound so LA right now, but I, I went and got a tarot card reading because my coworkers uh, got me that for my birthday and the tarot card reader recommended this book. She said that, wow. that it came to her to say this book to me and I've been reading it and um, it's been awesome. I can't put the book down and it's really helped me. So it's, I want to get a tarot card reading. Can we do that? Yeah. I think the, this place I think was Amelia expensive. Amelia does it. My friend Amelia. Oh yeah, and yeah. she does it and then she'll do a tattoo on you based on oh, the, yeah. the reading, which is really cool. Yeah. Because she's the we one that did my It's Fine tombstone. Right. So she's really, her main gig is a tattoo artist, but now she's doing these like intuitive readings and then she'll do, create a unique tattoo for you based on the reading. Shout yeah. out to Amelia. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Amelia Rose tattoo. She's the best. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, we should do a tarot card reading. Yeah, I mean, you know, I'll do, I'll go see a psychic, I'll, I'll do it all. I was gonna go see a psychic at the Renaissance Fair, but I know it's, like, you know, not real, but yeah. I just find that kind of stuff fun. Like, yeah. I, I, yeah. It's all over LA, too. Oh, yeah. Like, it's every crazy. block. But it's also so expensive. For a psychic Any reading? of these yeah, things. I know. Like, my 15-minute tarot card reading was $50. Jeez. Sorry, we had a... We had a, a car alarm go off. We had to pause there for a moment. At um, 8.53 at night. There was a car alarm going off, and it was very distracting. I get a lot of weird noises around here in Glendale. Glendale. The Jewel City. Jewel City. What does that mean? I don't... I guess they think that they're very, like, regal or something. There is a kebab place every five feet, and I've had them all, and they're all good. I've had so much hummus since I moved to Glendale. That's it's insane. That's the Glendale life. I'm living it, man. Um, one thing that I think helps with anxiety, and I think you, we've talked about this before, is like just having fun. I think that's kind of when this, the stand-up comes into play, just yeah, doing things totally. you enjoy. It's like kind of like, just, I know it's kind of obvious, but... I think um, a struggle for me is, in general, has with sobriety is like relearning fun because, like I said, all of my social stuff was drinking, mm-hmm. and that's really been a struggle for me. Is just like, how do I have fun now that I'm sober? And it's been a learning experience. Like, at f- like this is kind of crazy, but at first, when I got sober, um, I was so lost on the weekends. I didn't know what to do with my free time. I would just like drive around in my car for hours because. I didn't know what else to do. Like all yeah. I knew was drinking, and and it's been uh, it's been hard. I'm not gonna lie to kind of like learn how to have fun again. Um, I mean, I think like hiking, I really enjoy, yeah, and just like exercise, ha- exercise in general. Um, like just being with friends, but not having to drink. Just like having conversations. I'm just like I'm still trying to find new hobbies, and like that's something my my therapist I like the way she explained it as like think about like when you were a kid and like you would play and have like childlike fun like creativity create like what's the adult version of that for you yeah. like I love like create I love being creative I love I used to love art like in like middle school and high school it's like why don't I just like get into painting again or like you mentioned yeah, doing pottery. a pottery class yeah. and like I was like that sounds awesome and just like finding hobbies and like having like a childlike play session but you know having like a playful mindset yeah Yeah. that's actually that's funny that you bring up the fun thing because when I was going to therapy um in New York with the same therapist during this like transitional phase in my life she would end our session by saying goodbye to me and like telling me remember have fun Mm. because I was I think I forget to you you often forget to just let you know lighten up and have fun yeah um to do things not be like with the mindset of where is this going to get me just you know is this going to bring me success like yeah. with this podcast like that's not my mindset my mindset is to have fun with it exactly and, to help people. and I think when you have that mindset that changes everything it makes you happier it makes you happier and honestly I think that makes you ends up being more successful like you'll make yeah. especially with creativity if I'm not having fun doing something that's some kind of creative, like, you know, 
comedy or writing i need to be having fun in whatever i'm creating otherwise it's going to show in its quality Mm -hmm. because it needs to come from me i need to feel passionate i need to think it's funny so if i don't think that then it's kind of like what am i doing this for like it's serving me and then if other people like it that's great yeah but it's more so for me yeah it's like it's interesting too because um i'd say like one of the number one things that people have said to me about like, the reason that they they don't get sober is because they don't know how they would have fun otherwise and i think that right there kind of shows that you may be relying on it too much Definitely. that's your only way i mean I, i'm a thousand percent guilty of that like mm-hmm. and that's why i'm so lost right well, i'm getting there but that's why i was so lost because i didn't know any other kind of fun yeah. and it's like there's the other kind of fun is so much fulfilling and rewarding and brings true happiness and joy like being checked out of things all the time is not fun you're just ignoring your problems yeah i mean it's like you're using alcohol for you know as a crutch to have fun to have you know to be happy to be sociable Mm -hmm. to be funny to be whatever you want like alcohol is often used as that so if you can find that not drinking then i think that you're more fulfilled as a person in general totally yeah Lately, I've been watching a lot of Hallmark Christmas movies for fun. That is fun. I um, did some of that when I was home with my sister. They like to make fun of it. Yeah, together. they're all the same plot. It's all like a woman is very is way too invested in her job, yeah. and then this guy comes in and it's like a distraction, but and they end up falling in love. It's like, I know. and it's like always the girl. What's her name? Who played Gretchen in Mean Girls? Oh, I was gonna say it's always Melissa Joan Hart. Sabrina from Sabrina Oh, she's in it a lot. But I think she has like a production company where all they do is make Christmas Hallmark movies. (laughs) Like I think that's where she's at. Very, very niche. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But yeah, it's like always the same characters, same story. But I fall for it every time. My favorite storyline out of all of those storylines, it's the one where like single guy, single girl, they write up a contract that they're gonna be each other's date on Christmas and end up falling in love mm. and I I just think it's great because it's like who doesn't love a romance story that involves paperwork you know right. so <laughs> how all great love stories start. yeah so I I it I definitely love I think watching bad tv bad movies oh I get so much joy out of doing yeah that another of yeah another passion that we share is trash reality, reality TV. tv I mean I already <laughs> talked about my Floribama shore <laughs> but we watched the bachelor together we watched Vanderpump, Vanderpump rules. rules is our number one that, yeah which by the way I'm caught up are you yes we I'm, I'm watch actually the next episode Monday I'm, Christmas Eve Okay, it's, that's a way to spend the holidays yeah. is with our true family, the Vanderpump <laughs> Rules cast. Yeah. Uh, which I, I've met them. I, oh, I know. You've, I feel like, oh, did I tell you I saw Raquel? I'll tell you about it later. Okay. But, <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm uh, disappointed in this season, actually, so yeah, far. Yeah, I've heard that. I actually thought the last episode, I, I remember actively thinking... I like this episode. And then, like, apparently it's a bad episode. It's just the same storyline. Yeah, it is. I guess I'm just, like, I fall for it. I'm just, like... You're a ride or die, no matter what. You're going to be a fan. Okay, feed me the same thing you fed me every I love the drama. Yeah. Love it. Cool. But, yeah. Yeah. Reality TV is fun. Is is life. (laughs) 
yeah. All right. Well, Nicole, thank you for being here. Thanks for having me. This was so much fun. So I much do fun. it again. Yes. And everyone, um, thank you for listening. I hope you have a great holiday with your family and friends. And remember to have fun. <laughs> See you next time. <laughs>